0: I'm excited to be, I'm a, I just love the Word of God, so while he gets the scripture up, I just I just love God's Word, beginning to end, Genesis, I'm a, I'm a Old Testament nut, love it all the same as the New Testament, makes a little less sense until you get to know the New Testament, then it makes a whole lot of sense, and then you get to Revelation and you're like, what the heck, <laughs> you know, and uh, as I was... As Lord gave me the tree of life is our topic for tonight, and what I'm going to be talking to you about. I was thinking about. Um, I went to a couple of places, so I I know. Yeah, I know you guys use the NIV. I ten, I personally use the New King James Version, and between the two, the answer is yes, they work. <laughs> But I'm going to, I'm going to, so what, we don't have the New King James on the screen yet, the NIV. I am going to read from the New King James because there's one specific word that the New King James has that NIV doesn't have. But it's in the Greek. So I'm not saying one's right and the other's wrong. They're both good. Right? But the Greek had this word and I, I, it's in the New King James. So I'm going to read for you from the NIV. Then the, I've, wanted to read verse 1 again because it has to partake with... You can't really do the tree of life in this passage without doing the river. So it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the land, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations." I want to read to you the exact same verses from the New King James. Well, I'm just going to read verse 2 from the New King James. Yeah, the whole thing. Why not? It's two verses. You're stuck with me. He gave me four hours, so you're sick. (laughs) Um, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Basically, the exact same thing. In the middle of its street... Interesting word choice, street, could mean city square. In the middle of the main spot was, lost my place, in the middle of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits. Each tree, this is where it's a little different, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, I spent some serious time digging into this because it bothered me. Anyone get bothered by the Word of God sometimes like, uh, head scratch? Yeah, that's because we're trying to understand in the natural something that's supernatural. So you got to kind of tap into both sometimes to be able to speak about it. But there is something that God spoke to me in this. And I begin to see the tree of life. So if you can imagine that this is the city square. Here's the tree of life. This is the river coming out, right? Here's the river coming down. And on either side of the river are at least one tree each, separate. So the, so the word in the Greek actually means more than one uh, when it said each tree. So down the side of the river, if this is the river, you guys are effectively kind of trees on this side. and Unfortunately, this side only has two trees, but we got some trees on this side. And that's what you have. This is the image painted for us in the scripture. And as I was reading these scriptures, I was like, Lord, can you help make sense of this to me? So I didn't didn't actually give these scriptures to Paul, but Chris actually, I think if I remember right, referenced Ezekiel and the river as well. And I I couldn't help but go back there because it's even tabbed or annotated in the bottom of my Bible, Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel, it says this in verse forty-seven, chapter 47, verse 7. When I return, there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Okay? Then we go down in verse 12. Along the bank of the river on this side and on that side will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Sounds about the same, doesn't it? And so that's when I started to realize that he painted us this picture of this tree in the middle of the square. To me, the street, the high street, if you want to think of it that way. Here's the tree in the middle of the high street, in the middle of the town square, and there's this river flowing through the throne of God, and on each side of the river is tree. It's, It's fruit producing, healing for the nation's tree. Different tree, same tree. Tree of life. And as I was researching this, and looking at this, and thinking about this, and thinking what God wanted to say to, to us tonight, I'm, some of this I'll be here for the first time with you. It's just because he's good, and I love him, and I love his word. And so I, I have to take you back. So we're in, we're in the last chapter of the Bible, yeah? So we've got to go back to the second chapter of the Bible. Paul, could you pull up uh, Genesis chapter 2? And this is what the Lord began to show me as I was prepping for tonight. Oh, it's on the screen. Great. Don't no, got to use my Bible and yep. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground trees that were pleasing the eye and the good for the food in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil interesting to me this is where things got really interesting and this is where God really began to speak to me and I'm just going to give you what God gave me and we'll see where it goes because I have no idea where it's going to go and the next thing out of my mouth I hope you can all understand what I'm saying. Paul, pull up chapter 3 real fast. So I went from here. So in the, in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I had to pull this up because I think sometimes we misunderstand the reality of what happened in the garden. And this is what verse chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, I think I've got, but we'll, I'll read fast. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? Very important question. Did God really say? The rest of our lives we spend answering that question. That is the one question that will pull you away from faith. It will pull you away from Jesus. Did God really say? Did God really tell you to do that? Did God really tell you to leave your job in Los Angeles and leave ministry in Los Angeles and go to a place you've never been and do something you've never done before? Did God really say? Did God really tell you to leave your job or to become a vicar or whatever? Did God really tell you that? Did God really say? It's literally the question to me. The more time I've spent, I, I've been around this question for the last few months. So when Lori asked me about this, it just, it kind of provoked something that God had been stirring in me anyway. Did God really say? Did God really say? You must not eat from any tree in the garden. That was the question. Did he really say that? I mean, really? Did he say that? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God said you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Now I'm going to go to my version, which is still, it's all this good. Okay, This isn't one version is better than the other. Okay, Preference, whatever in mine it says whoo, whoo, where did I go, there it goes has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden and the woman said we may, not, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden God said you shall not eat or you shall surely die the serpent said to the woman you will not die for God knows that in that day you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing what, good from evil so what tree was the tree they couldn't eat of the tree of knowledge that access to the tree of life and shows knowledge this is where everything got really funny to me it got really interesting is because we're actually faced with the same question did God really say we're faced with and then the other thing is do we choose the tree of knowledge every day or do we truly choose the tree of life every day now, there's going to be a time, and, and if Paul, could you pull up Revelations 22.14? There's going to come a time, and I, I love the way, I actually love the way both scriptures read, so I'm going to read both again. I, if I inundate you with the word, good. But I want to read from the NIV first. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. I'm going to read you what this version says. Blessed are those who do His commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. That word right. They may have the right to. And, if, and, and the people in the robes. That's you and me. We're washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. We are those in the robes. And we're those in the robes, when we're washed by the blood of the Lamb, which means we must receive Christ and do as He's commanded us do. Confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. Deny me before men and I'll deny you before my Father. There's many commandments. Two of the greatest. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as thyself. Honor your father and mother. It'll be well with you. Don't deny me before men. That word right, I'm going to pull it up. I thought this was a v- very powerful. You got to understand, what, what, as we're reading through this, this is all spiritually implicated truth that's accessible to us now, but is also to come. It's both and. As he is, First John, the wedding actually there's a reading, First John chapter four, verse I believe it is seventeen. As he is, so are we in this world. The pre to that was we may have boldness in the day of judgment and need not fear because as he was in this world so are we also now because of what he did only through the life of Jesus Christ by being born again born of the spirit give me just one second to find this word it's very important that word right where to go there it is third row First word on the left. Yeah, first word on the left. Is exousia. This word means, by definition, the power to act or authority. You have the power to act. You have the authority to partake of the tree of life. My question, my ultimate question tonight, what are we choosing? Mm. And the reason this is important to me is because our choices have implications. We get so very nearsighted that we're the one that the implications matter to and it's actually the people around us. Mm. Because when we're saved and we stand in the exousia with the right to the tree of life we become a part of the very answer that the world seeks we literally become something I'll talk about in a minute when we read the scriptures from, about the tree of life it talks about every fruit 12 months, 12 fruits. Leaves are for the healing of the nations. I read from Ezekiel. Same, same image, same picture. And I know on your weekend away, I think, was it Ian that talked about being Psalm 1? Yeah. Or something about the tree? And I think I, he may have referenced these scriptures. I don't even remember, yeah? yeah rooted in, in the river and all that kind of stuff. I have no idea what he said, so if I repeat some of what he said, praise God, same spirit. <laughs> hopefully i just expound on it and maybe make give you another form of thought another way to look at something so i want to i want to i want to go back to the to the image of the new jerusalem that's that's this image in 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 22 in revelations 22 this is the the new jerusalem this is what chris uh, a couple weeks ago talked about a I forget how many miles by miles by miles squared this place is. huge. Absolutely enormous. And in here is a, is a, a, it's a high street, a main street with a tree of life. Whack! Right there. I believe that it would be the same tree of life that was in the garden that we didn't choose then. Adam didn't choose then. Eve didn't choose then. I want to know because if you look at what the, the devil tried to convince him of is that you will be like God. And know the difference between good and evil. Weren't we already like God? What, didn't he say I've created you in my image, in my likeness? What more do we need to be like him? What more do you need to be like him? Or do you actually believe you are who he said you are? That you are who He's called you to be. I I get not every day is perfect. I get we have our hang-ups and our our moments and I I get all that. I'm not saying that stuff isn't a part of walking this stuff out, but that's why we draw closer to Him. It's why when we get saved, there's still a journey to go because He wants us to look more like Him and more like Him so that when the world sees us, it doesn't just see the trees on a river, it sees the tree of life whose image you are in. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the what? The life. Yeah. Eden went when Adam sinned. God gave us a new tree of life. He gave us Jesus. Amen. And we can buy to that fruit whenever we want. It literally should be our sustaining life. Good for food. Whose leaves don't wither. Whose leaves are for the healing of the nations, the nation of your home. I would venture, maybe a stretch, the nation of your own heart. The nation of your city or town. Of the nation of England, of the nation of United Kingdom, of the nation of Europe, of the nation of the world. Do you remember Psalms one? I'm just gonna read it. Part of it. I'll get there. He shall be Yeah. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or the knowledge of the earth, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of living water. Hmm, where did that image come from? Twice. That brings forth fruit in its season. Hmm, 12 fruits, 12 seasons. Whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Or whatever the New King James or the NIV says. What does it say? Oh, there you go. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever, oh, it does, prospers. Same. And I was thinking about this and I'm telling you, I was was not going to share any of this. But I wanted to share all of it, but I didn't want, and then, what am I worried about? If God plants something in you, there's a seed in you that needs to give fruit to somebody else. I would venture to guess that in the body of Christ we have enough fruit to cover every season. I'm not even going to go into the fruits of the Spirit. But I was looking at this and I was was talking to the Lord and I was like, Lord, what? What? Is, what are you? Sh- what? What are you showing me? And I just begin to see that it's the gospel in a verse in Revelations 22. I'm gonna do my best in the next couple minutes to give you the gospel of Jesus Christ for you to give to somebody else through Revelations 22. Jesus is our source to life. We're dead in trespasses and sin. But the law, Romans 8, the law of the spirit of life cancels out. I'm paraphrasing in the uh, NJDV. (laughs) New Jared Dorsch version but it cancels out the law of sin and death. In his law, he meditates day and night. And I was thinking about the reality that God loved this so much that he really, I mean, if, if this scripture doesn't do it for you, I don't know what else would do it for you. That he literally is his word from beginning to the end. We literally covered all the expansion, even a little middle bit. And in the, in the middle of this garden, in the, like where this little brass plated deal is, here's this tree of life. And out of, out of the throne flows a river and on each side of the river is these trees and all I could see while I was reading this was, was an image of you and me. And I'm not saying we're the trees in heaven. We are like... Psalms 1 says, You are like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. The living water, everywhere this river went, everything that touched it had life. Every animal, everything. That's in Ezekiel. Read it. It's amazing. It almost like takes this, expounds a little bit, but it's still the same. And he said, Here's the tree of life. You can eat of me. As much as you want, you can have everything you want of me. I've literally laid down my life. I've set myself on the cross for you. You can have every bite. Remember in communion, take this bread as a symbol of my what? My body that was broken for you. Eat of him. Out of him flowed living water. When they pierced his side, blood and water flowed from him. And we have this beautiful image that here's this tree and a river and the trees. And when I saw you and I as trees, when I saw the children of God as trees and the leaves that will never wither, the leaves shall not wither They're for the healings of the nations. When you go, when you are the light of Christ, when you are a tree as he is a tree in this world, when you are his light in this world, you begin to heal the nations, not by your acts, but by his goodness through you and you never know when it happens and you might not ever see it. it doesn't matter would you still live for him anyway if you never the rest of your life saw one healing one miracle one person take of your fruit would that be okay for you for me the answer is yes i've battled that question a couple of times but the answer is unequivocally yes my life is worth his life, so his life is worth mine. And I begin to see this tree, and I begin to see people, and just the goodness of God, and I begin to see His gospel, and I begin to see that that when we engraft ourselves into Him by receiving Christ, we become very much like Him. Remember, I said our. He said, as He is, so are we in this world. That's a spiritual truth and a very now reality. It's now and later. Oh, those are good. I don't know if they have those in this country. In America, there's a a candy called now and later. It's like a giant starburst on crack. (laughs) It's great. Sorry, my mind just whoop. But it's a, it, it, it's a now reality, but it's a later reality. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's now. It's now. You have access now. You have authority. You have the right to the tree of life now. You have the right to produce the fruit of the spirit, to produce the fruit that he's called you to produce, even though you may not know. Here's the trouble. We think, oh, I'm going to produce an apple. <coughs> That probably didn't look good from I've, In my head, it looked better than it did. <laughs> Reimage. Oh, <Aww>. No. <laughs> but wh- here I am trying to produce an apple. Case in point: the Swedish youth. They were here. Awesome time. Everyone who helped us with that. Thank you so much. And my plug, please come to the Paris Center tomorrow and you can get your stuff. Um, But perfect example. Here I am, the Swedish youth teams coming. I'm thinking like, yeah, let's make some apples. They'll like apples. Apples are good. And then they get here and it's like, you don't need an apple. I don't know what you need. Lord, orange. I really got to get a new image. This is not working. But an orange is what they needed. I didn't want to share the things that God said for me to share on the night we had a youth worship night, and the things that probably Charlene was led to share on the youth worship night. Out of 60 youth, 10 of them raised their hands for salvation or for rededication, and that includes youth in this local area as well as the Swedish youth. They needed oranges. I was thinking apples. Funny what happens when we take a bite of the wrong tree. Ah, uh, I can figure it out with you, Lord instead of where we should exist, what you've probably learned, be in his river, and you'll produce every fruit in the season that it's needed, whether you realize it or not. So this image of this tree, so I saw it like this. I saw the throne room behind the main square. I'm just giving you what I saw. Okay? Take it up with the Lord. since this is the river, I saw the square right here. And I saw the throne room behind the square. And I saw the river leaving the throne room, going under the square, and out of the square in the river. In the middle of the square was a tree of life, and along the river were the trees that produced the fruit that had the leaves for the healings of the nations. You follow me? I want to read you something that's natural. There's a study done in science Actually, I have a question. What's the largest living organism on Earth? Charlene, you can't answer this. Or Lori. What's that? So we got a blue whale. Anyone else? Sounds like the right answer, right? All right, we'll go with blue whale. Not true. Um, good guess. Most people's guesses is a blue whale and there's something else. I forgot what it was. But this is what. Science has found. And usually I would toss this stuff out, but I love when it proves God, so it's like, yeah, whatever. Which all of it does, which is funny to me. Anyway, sorry. So I'm just going to read, I'm actually just going to read this, so bear with me a second. It says, this guy Grant and a few other scientists were trying to find the largest living organism on Earth. And Grant was like, well, it's a blue whale. And this other team of scientists were like, actually... It's a fungus. There's a mushroom fungus somewhere in Washington state that if you go 40 acres out and test the DNA of the fungus, it's the same as the point of origin. Interesting, I thought. This guy was like, oh, it's a clone. The DNA is cloned from the original source. And he's like, well, what else is like that? I'm going to share with you the largest living organism on earth, and now you can blow all your friends' minds. You are welcome. Grant pointed out that the aspen trees commonly grow by what they call vegetative method. This means that a tree grows roots near the surface of the ground. Yeah. Read like a real person, Jared. Okay. This means that a tree grows roots near the surface of the ground from which new trees sprout. The new trees are genetically identical to the parent tree. The new trees, this process of reproduction can grow vast forests of Aspen that are all interconnected by roots and are one genetic individual. Common crabgrass, which we have in America, I don't know if you have here, grows and spreads the same way. Uh, which is why it's hard to get rid of it in your yard. Grant studied an aspen clone in Utah consisting of a calculated 47,000 tree trunks covering 106 acres and is calculated to weigh roughly 13 million pounds. Not the coin kind. This dwarf previous claims. He named the stand pondo for the Latin word meaning to spread. So if you can imagine this, 47,000 trees, same DNA and the reason they could tell that it switched DNAs is when the DNA in a tree switched. They knew that that's where the line of demarcation was. This is what really struck me. Anyone passing through the San Juan forest can enjoy observing Aspen based Dr. Grant's information. Hikers, bikers, Horseback riders who go slow and stop often can observe the best. As you pass along, watch for changes in the aspen. One clone will likely be different than a neighboring clone. Interesting. Same DNA, looks different. Watch for branch angle from which the trunk, uh, that doesn't matter. Some clones tend to have branches closer to the ground while others have very high up on the trunk. Reminds me of the body of Christ. Some are for honor, some are less honorable, but all play their part. Same DNA. It can't be the same body and not have the same DNA. As you move and watch, you should be able to tell when you pass from one clone to another. You may also observe that you are in an area where two or more clones have overlapped and grown to the same space, kind of like the two becoming one flesh in marriage. It is common to move from one clone from a clone into a mixed area and then into a new clone. You may find an oddball tree growing in an otherwise homogeneous stand. It is likely that this tree is growing from a leaf or twig, a bird, or the wind, interesting, carried from afar. Fell to the earth, rooted, and grew into this tree. And one day it may spread and become a new clone in this area. Are you hearing this? Largest living organism on earth. Also, a good time to observe aspen clones aspen clones. Aspen clones, is during spring and fall. In the spring, all trees in the clone tend to bud and leaf out about the same time. And in the fall, all the leaves in the clone tend to turn their fall colors at about the same time. And they tend to turn the same shades of yellow, orange, and red. The vivid fall colors make it easy to identify clones from a distance. No, I'll stop there. As I was reading through this, and, and I was seeing this image that God gave me of the tree. And I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this to a close, I think. Maybe. Maybe. I begin to see the body of Christ. I begin to see you and me. I begin to see in a group of aspen trees our identity in Christ in the image in Revelations 22. God began to tie the whole thing together for me. It became easy for me to to receive what He's already done and what will be to come. It'll be a lot easier for me to take the tree of life instead of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Funny thing about the body of Christ, when we're in unity, when we're together as one, we tend to go through the same things, kind of together. Maybe slightly lagged from each other, but nearly the same. When we rejoice, we rejoice together. When we mourn, we mourn together. When there's a certain spirit come at us, generally everyone's kind of dealing with something the same. And when we turn the light on and turn it up, and turn it up, and turn it up we innately call higher those who are dim. It pulls everyone together, they grow together. See what I saw when I saw this image in heaven and I know it's an image and I, again I'm not saying we are the trees You shall be as like a tree but I begin to see Jesus in the middle and I saw him as this tree that we all have access to that the world has access to but doesn't know it And I've tried many times to convince people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I've tried to argue with people. I've tried to just be nice to people. I've tried every way I can think to just let someone know that God loves them and there's a tree that they can also partake of. And then I begin to realize that the fruit that each and every one of us are meant to produce only comes from the river of life that throws through the middle of us. And when we're next and planted, near the rivers of living water we being for fruit in our season whatever we do will prosper our leaves will not wither we don't get tired of loving people we don't get tired of forgiving people we don't get tired of letting go of things and growing to a higher height and a greater level we don't get tired we don't get worn out and God gave us the opportunity now and forever I The longer I walk with Jesus, the more I realize why he taught us to pray the model prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is where? In heaven. We have the opportunity, we have the greatest privilege on earth if we so choose to receive it. To be a tree planted by a river of living water, that we can bring forth fruit that others may take when they're hungry. Come all to me who who are labor and, and are heavy laden, for my yoke is easy and burden is light. Guess what? He's there, we're here, and He gave us His Spirit to do that exact thing for people. To be the exact answer when people need something to eat. And I'm not talking just in the natural. We get so afraid sometimes to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to say his name. The world is trying to snuff it out of us. And I'm tired of it. I just don't care anymore. What I care is that there's a tree of life. That was for me. It was for me and it was for you. There's a tree of life. Every fruit that you need, whether you're depressed, whether you're dealing with anger or frustration, whether you're dealing with doubt, whether you're trying to just make a decision on what's next, it's not all bad. I understand that. We're not always in a bad place. Sometimes we're in a good place, but we begin to take of the tree of knowledge instead of the tree of life. I kind of actually get why Adam and Eve did it. Things were good. What's next? They made the decision for us, though, what is next for us is this, a tree of life, a river, and trees that will produce fruit and healing for the nations. When things are good, it's easy to get complacent it's easy to forget that there's a tree of life. It's easy to forget. You know one of the definitions for the word tree both in the Hebrew and the Greek is something made of wood specifically used to hold up a cross. The tree of life wasn't wasn't just a tree. funny thing about trees and waters, they feed you, they fill you, they refresh you. I told you, the whole point of this to me was one question. What tree are you? When someone comes to you with a problem, when a friend, a family member, what tree are you? Are you tree knowledge? Or are you tree life? My hope for myself is that I'm a tree of life. That's my DNA. That's your DNA. Your DNA is an aspen grove attached to the tree of life. Your DNA is genetically the same as the Savior's. You can't be his body without his DNA. So be his DNA to the world. Wherever you go, be his DNA. Be fruit and life. Scripture says every animal, everything that came to the river had life. I won't, don't even have to ask you, but I bet every one of you could name at least one person in your life that comes to you when they're hurting. Be a tree of life. Because he was for us first.